This is Will Friedle, the voice of the future Dark Knight, Batman Beyond. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. And remember a few things. First, Dana deserves better. And second, I am Batman. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In the year 2039, Gotham City has no heroes. Its people, no hope. Its youth, no future. Terry McGinnis was part of the problem. You can't control your temper, and you'd better if you expect to get anywhere in life. Yeah, I'll be a big success, just like you. Until a moment of violence brought him to the door of a man named Bruce Wayne. Let's put a smile on his face. Leave him alone. Once known as the Batman. Man, you're something. You okay? Now, the Dark Knight will rise again to drive the shadow of evil from the streets of Gotham. Let's go! Super villains, beware. There's a new Batman in town. Batman Beyond. You're pretty strong for some clown who thinks he's Batman. I am Batman. Justice returns to Gotham. Welcome to my world. Welcome, everybody, to episode 242 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal, with me, my good friend, good brother, the man that runs our Twitter account. That's right, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to the first podcast of the year 2023, if you're listening to this on the original debut date. If not, maybe it's somewhere else in the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, whether it's uh, on the first Saturday of 2023 or... 50 years from now, whenever now is, we thank you everybody for listening and for joining us as we, uh, for the first time in a while, uh, dive back into the world of Batman Beyond. That is right, Liam. We uh, we looked back, and it was hard to believe, in the year 2022, we covered four whole episodes of <laughs> Batman Beyond, and as we, uh, we have discussed I think probably both of the times that we covered the show last year. Uh, part of that is because of uh, a lack of content uh, mm-hmm. remaining on the Batman Beyond 
schedule. We've uh, we've covered a lot. We actually are wrapping up the official end of season two with this episode that we are reviewing today, which. Uh, if we did not mention, is a uh, an interesting one to say the least. It is the Batman Beyond episode Ace in the Hole. So we uh, we get the the origin stories of Ace the Bat Hound and how he came to be, <laughs> uh, as we will get into our review here in just a little bit. Before we do that, of course, we are going to get the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to youtube.com slash The Pod Tower and uh, you can get every single one of our Batman Beyond reviews up until this date available at youtube.com slash The Pod Tower. Not only do you get some great content from us, but other great DCAU uh, content creators as well. Liam, this episode originally aired here in the United States on the Kids WB back on August the 19th, 2000, meaning we passed, uh, just a few months ago, we passed the 22-year anniversary of this episode's debut. That's right. So this is the synopsis for Ace in the Hole, which was written by Hillary J. Bader, uh, directed by James Tucker, with music by Christopher Carter and animation by Coco and Dong Yang. And that synopsis reads as such. When Ace spots the man who abused him into becoming a sport-fighting dog, he chases him and gets lost from his guardians. Now, if I had to guess, (laughs) that's one of those ones that someone who maybe didn't speak English as their first language wrote. Mm -hmm. Or maybe just someone that was... Poorly educated on sentence structure. Also, also possible. Not a crime, just just an observation. This is why we love the official IMDB synopses. That's right. As they are they are the official ones as as sourced from the Internet Movie Database. So <laughs> hey, don't hate us and don't hate the people that created them. They're official at this exactly. point. Exactly. You know? uh, but yes, as we get into our synopsis here, we. Uh, we'll get into our review of the episode and give our own personal synopsis. So, Liam, this episode starts out as we see uh, Terry is driving Bruce around, and uh, they're, I guess, going to some appointment for Bruce. So, uh, the chiropractor uh, says it right on the building. There you go. Well, Bruce, Bruce has to go to the chiropractor after all those years of almost getting his back broken by Bane <laughs> and, you know... All those stab wounds and things that the Joker attempted to kill him with and all that. All those things that he mentions in that first episode, I believe, where he's mm-hmm. trying to discourage Terry from taking on the Bat-Mantle. Mm-hmm. But uh, Terry decides uh, he's going to wait outside and take Ace for a, for a nice little walk. And uh, upon there, almost immediately, loses <laughs> control over Ace as Ace seems to recognize somebody and takes off after them. And uh, breaks away from Terry. Uh, he attacks this man that pulls out a gun immediately and begins uh, t- attempting to defend himself. Uh, Ace continues his attack, relentlessly attacking this guy, grabs him by the wrist uh, and takes him down to the ground, knocks the gun out of his hand, and uh, the man continues to, to, to finally escape. He rips kind of his sleeve, leaves it dangling in, uh, in Ace's mouth, and takes off and jumps into a, a car right through the window. He just, <laughs> he just went Ricky Bobby style right in, no, uh, no door necessary, just jumps right in through the window. 
and uh, Ace uh, continues to pursue even as the car speeds off. Speeds off, I guess? Flies off? Mm -hmm. Hovers off? Hovers off. (laughs) As the car hovers off, as it is a a levitating car, as we we see. But uh, Ace takes off, and unfortunately, Terry uh, has has lost sight of him at this point, and that's kind of what we're setting up for the main thread of our story here, is that uh, this episode could have been called Where's Ace? Mm -hmm. Following up to our last episode which was of course where's terry uh which you can hear in the archives at dcaureview.com or on the pod tower of course but uh yeah our, our thread here is that uh, terry is uh, is out on the lookout trying to find ace now uh, via the batmobile and full batman garb how come you never put a tracer on the mutt he never ran away from me i ran the serial number from the gun According to the records, it was destroyed in the police impound. So the guy had an illegal blaster. We need to find out why. Who he is. What he needs that gun for. As soon as I find Ace, I'll... No. Now. You want me to just leave him out here? Ace is a survivor. He'll be all right. I hope somebody told him that. doing back to the Batcave, questioning Bruce as to why he he hadn't uh, placed some sort of tracking device on Ace in the event of this happening, and Bruce simply tells him, well, he's never run away from him before, so he didn't think he had to. So uh, Terry is out and about uh, attempting to find Ace, but uh, Bruce tells him that Ace is a survivor and that he's sure he'll turn up at some point, and uh, much to Terry's chagrin, he, which is ironic because if you recall, he and he and Ace didn't have have uh, quite the warm friendship for for some time. They didn't really seem to like each other, or maybe Terry liked him and, and Ace <laughs> just didn't care for him. But of course, they had some some bonding moments as uh, as the series went on here. So Terry's really taken a liking to him and uh, is is sort of flabbergasted when Bruce tells him to to turn in and 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 uh, head head back searching for the the person that that Ace was attempting to ta- attack so uh, of course we get a, a tragic moment where Terry just misses him and we get this repeated throughout the episode where mm-hmm. they just miss each other which feels like a classic children's storytelling device very, here very homeward bound very uh <laughs> just heartbreaking mm-hmm. just like no he's right there wait mm-hmm. uh but uh, we see we see ace looking up into the sky as the batmobile speeds off and uh he's he's left sad but uh, terry has to go back to the bat cave to uh to chat with bruce about just who the identity of this man that uh, that ace attempted to attack was that's right and uh, based on terry's description and the uh, the bat computer's magic face thing uh <laughs> they uh they are able to composite a look a close enough look to our uh, our perpetrator and figure out that it isn't none other than uh, a man named ronnie boxer who uh, has a a bit of a criminal past and in this case being a uh, notorious uh, promoter of dog fights naturally and uh and they sort of put two and two together at that point that that must be how uh, how ace knows him and uh there's a, there's a little bit more urgency now as we go through, and we, we kind of cut to 
the next morning and and Bruce's uh Bruce is on the phone with Animal Control sort of giving a description and and uh he and uh and Terry speak a little bit more as as Terry says that he's uh going to hit the streets that he has his own uh methods of, of finding out the who this Ronnie Boxer guy is and where he is. His methods is wearing the same hat that he wore when he was disguised as a pizza delivery man. That's right. In this the, is, this in the is Shriek episode. This is his matches Malone. His <laughs> and a terrible New York yes. accent. <laughs> New York accent and a old timey World War One pilot's hat for some reason. Naturally. Um but yeah, yes, as as Terry goes off, we actually get a we get a flashback I'm not sure who's having this flashback because it the memory starts before Bruce and Terry meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we see uh, we see Ace being uh, taken from the pound by this Ronnie Boxer fellow, and and uh, and we see him sort of being uh, trained. And there's obviously obvious implications of abuse if you're if you've ever read a news story about what uh, the dogs who end up in those dog fighting rings go through it's it's pretty brutal and mm-hmm. they they do as much as they can to imply that without uh without uh, getting any notes from standards and practices i imagine <laughs> scrawny little mutt. Show me what you're made of. Go for it. Go for it. That's it, fella. Tear it up. I want you mean. Uh, and then we, we cut to uh, a little bit later on in the story when Ace has grown up into a full-grown dog from his, uh, when we first meet him as a puppy in the flashback, and there's a as he's about to fight a uh, a a weird giant muscular uh, bulldog thing, mm-hmm. um, Chekhov's weird giant muscular bulldog <laughs> thing. Uh, uh, the cops break in to break up the ring, and uh, and Boxer is arrested, and Ace escapes. But uh, we uh, we then cut to uh, a little bit later. That's starting to snow. Apparently, this is a Christmas episode. We should have reviewed that this one. Uh, on over uh, over the holidays. Yeah, because... tweet us. Do you think this is a Christmas episode? There's a shot where he looks up into the window, and it seems there's holiday decorations. Mm-hmm. It's, it's snowing, snowing outside. Bruce is putting flowers yeah. down in Crime Alley mm-hmm. for his parents, which is the thing you, you know you put flowers on people's graves mm-hmm. during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Seems like this is a Christmas episode. That's right. <laughs> kind of feels like it's on. It's, it's it's no less of a Christmas episode than Bullet for Bullet was, as it turns out. I think. But uh, but yes, we. Uh, uh, we we see the first meeting here as Ace is uh, scrounging for scraps in the in the alley, and uh, as as Bruce goes into the alley with uh, a a post Alfred chauffeur dropping him off in front of the alley, and as he is about to place the flowers down, we we see a member of the Joker's gang is there trying to uh, trying to uh, uh, unsuccessfully rob him, and and Bruce dispatches him pretty quickly but as uh, as he goes to place the flowers down the the thug returns and uh, has some sort of weapon that he's about to hit bruce with and before we can really see if bruce would have had time to react ace springs into action and saves bruce and actually gets injured in the in the melee and so once bruce is done dispatching the clown 
uh, we uh, we cut we uh, we see we cut back to the chauffeur waiting in the car, and we see that Bruce has decided to uh, to bring the dog home with him, and they've been uh, they've been fast friends ever since. And we we get a sense here, and I, I actually really love this part because and someone pointed this out to us on our on our Instagram this week when we uh, we posted that we would be covering this episode that there's a little bit of poetry in him, Bruce, when he's never been more alone. He's going to the place where his family died, and he meets like his new best friend mm. in the same place. There's like a death and rebirth and oh, that's, that is uh, good. thing with uh, with him finding Ace in Crime Alley. So I, I really liked that uh, that little bit of poetry there. But uh, we yeah we cut back to present day at that point, and uh, Terry's Terry's hot on the trail, and and in his uh, unfortunately he doesn't have a a fun alliterative name as far as we know for his uh his alter ego like matches malone but he would be like pilot pat or something <laughs> like that because <laughs> of his pilot's hat <laughs> uh, or maybe it'd be like propeller pete wally wings <laughs> now we're talking <laughs> tweet us your best ideas for yes for an alliterative <laughs> terry disguise name <laughs> Uh, but yes, he is uh, he is in full garb, and uh, he has tracked down this uh, this person that he believes is a lead that can get him uh, to to Boxer, who he doesn't really have to tell much of a story, and there's there's no real backlash or, or investigation from this person who immediately believes him, <laughs> the stranger that walked up to him and told him he's got a dog that he wants to use to fight, and uh, so he gives him this this number for this person. And uh, tells him to recommend that he uh, that he he uh, sent him. And of course, as Terry just just before this, we saw the uh, the dog catcher had caught up to Ace and nearly uh, nearly captured him. But of course, uh, he escapes and the dog catcher removes his hood, and we we find out that it is in fact the corrupt dog pound member that we had seen briefly before. Mm-hmm. Uh, this character who uh, who was feeding the dogs essentially, uh, or or. I guess not not literally feeding the dogs, but you know <laughs> he was uh, he was he was giving the dogs and funneling the dogs to uh, to boxer. So uh, this in this case uh, we know that this is not a good not a good step here for for old Ace as uh, Terry is able to get this phone number as we mentioned for this uh, for for boxer. And uh, in the very next scene they just miss each other. It seems like uh, that uh, that Ace has uh, found part of Terry's get-up. There's a bandage that he was mm-hmm. wearing, and uh, Terry drops the bandage on the ground, and as he turns the corner, Ace turns the other corner and finds the bandage and seems to be in hot pursuit of Terry, and wouldn't you know that that's when the dog catcher catches up to him and captures Ace and uh, says he's got a he's got a pl- special place for him. So uh, we get the next, uh, next scene. Uh, is uh, is the dog catcher attempting to to sell <laughs> sell Boxer his own dog back to him? Boxer recognizes him, and uh, he takes takes him from him and says that uh, he's got an it must be fate, it's destiny that they end up together. That uh, he's got a job for him yet. Shut your yap. What you doing here, Maddie? I don't have time for games. Got a dog for you, Mr. Boxer. He's a real contender. You trying to cheat me? Selling me back my own mutt? What? Uh, I swear I... Just like it. Must be fate, me and this pooch. 
we were meant to be together, ain't that right, boy? Put him below. I'll deal with him after the games. If nothing else, he'll make a nice playmate for the other dogs. Uh, at this point, uh, Terry is uh, still in, in pursuit, attempting to find Ace, thinking that he... Uh, could should have found him by now that some of the someone should have found him one of the shelters should have picked him up and Bruce says that uh, he's he's found another lead and uh, tr he's traced the phone number to an address and sends Terry to this address and uh, as Terry gets in it, he recognizes right away that this doesn't appear to be a normal apartment as there's lots of chemicals around and he starts reading different labels off to Bruce and before he can even finish whatever the last name of the last chemical was Bruce guesses it right off the uh, right off the bat and it turns out to be um, this this chemical compound called serastone, mm -hmm. which uh, as as we pointed out uh, before we went on the air, eventually becomes a, a a linchpin to another episode later on in the in the uh, in in the run here in the season three technically, mm -hmm. but uh, was probably in development based on based on what we know about the series uh, on or around the same time as this episode was so. Uh, so Sarah Stone, check off Sarah Stone, <laughs> is uh, is is the chemical here that is developed, and uh, he's uh, wouldn't you know it? As as Terry's doing his investigation, uh, he's interrupted by Boxer himself, who who uh, begins just wildly shooting guns around flammable, flammable mm -hmm, chemicals, mm -hmm. which causes a fire in the apartment, and Terry uh, focuses on putting out the fire so that uh, you know the entire apartment building doesn't burn down. But of course, this allows boxer to escape and then we see him reunited with ace where he's uh he picks him up and uh, decides he's going to take him on this floating uh craft that he has now this uh, ship liner which is where the dog fighting ring has moved to now that we are 50 years in the future they're no longer <laughs> having it in the abandoned gotham square gardens we're having it uh out on ships in the middle of the ocean international waters you know that's right yeah <laughs> gotta escape the police somehow but uh, we do see that he has Ace loaded on here, and Terry uh, has managed to track him to this spot. Well, actually, no, Terry doesn't track him. Yeah, Bruce. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce tracks him via the web. That's right. He, you know, the good old the, web. The world's greatest internet detective. He's just out there on the web, just Googling, <laughs> where is the dog fighting? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it just comes back with this amazing result that it's happening on a liner. So <laughs> uh, he sends Terry to the ship, and uh, thankfully... Uh, they, that's the right ship. He picks the right one right away, and Terry remembers that he can turn invisible, which avoids some conflict yep. with some of the bad guys. We give him a lot of crap, you know? Terry doesn't always remember that he can turn invisible. That's true. He not only remembers it this time, he remembers it a second time later on here. <laughs> but uh, as Terry is, is walking onto the ship, he uh, walks past some very steroided-up dogs, as we learn, of course, that this chemical was a growth hormone uh, developed by Wayne Powers, and uh, it is uh, it's it's being used and injected into these dogs for them to become monsters. Uh, and Batman walks out uh, past these these creatures and into the actual arena, and uh, realizes he's here trapped. Boxer is on the outside, this sort of a glass dome uh, encircling this cage. And uh, Terry's Terry's kind of stuck at this point, and Boxer gives this whole diatribe about how everything's automated now. And Things are a whole lot simpler than they used to be, Batman. 
Everything's automated. Don't need cameramen, don't even need handlers. I control all the action with a touch of a button. You want to know what's behind door number one, Batman? One of your Sarastone creations. I saw them. Not this one you didn't. He's my first experiment with the stuff. Guess I went a little overboard. I was gonna put him out to pasture, but I always knew I'd find a use for him. Down, boy. I'm not gonna hurt you. Yeah, he, he releases uh, what is is uh, can only be described as a is the most terrifying Glenn Murakami dog creation <laughs> you could possibly imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty wild. We'll certainly talk more about that in visual. But this giant mutant bulldog who they don't point this out, but it appears to be the same dog that Ace was about to fight in the flashback, mm-hmm. uh, however many years ago that was at this point, but. Uh, but yes, he's uh, he's this giant the size of an elephant now, and, uh, and Terry tries to sort of calm it, but it's clear that it's just out of its mind. I think it's bigger than an elephant. It's like, it's foot. It was able to devour Terry's foot at one point. It's like... It devours Terry whole at it, one point. Yeah. It's like um, raincore size. It it's is. Like, there's definitely some... Actually, in the way it's defeated, too, there's some, there's some Star Wars uh, for raincore sure. in this, for sure. But yeah, Terry's a little bit overmatched. As uh, Ace is still in the kennel next to uh, Mr. Boxer, and and finally as uh, Terry's trying out different gadgets, as you said, like his uh, his invisibility, like his uh, batarangs and ropes, and he actually he has the the weird like be- his belt buckle is also like a buzzsaw thing. Super cool. He uses he only uses it a couple times in the series, but he finally is able to penetrate this glass dome that he's trapped in with the. Uh, with with this monster dog and as he's starting to escape uh the uh there's some there's some jostling around and the uh the cage that ace is in is damaged and ace is able to break free and takes off after <laughs> after uh, uh boxer and so they have a showdown meanwhile uh terry who thought he had had the uh the dog subdued subdued is back on the uh, offensive and really begins to uh get the worst of this fight as as we see uh, and, and we do get a, a resolution to this but uh we get uh, a boxer out on the on the ledge of the ship and we just see ace take a running diving leap at him and then <laughs> it cuts back to terry so we're uh, we're left to wonder about the fate of uh, of mr boxer but ace returns and uh and makes a dramatic entrance back into the dome and uh, right as Terry's his suit is all torn up and all of his gadgets are proving no use, and uh, Ace is able to buy just enough time where uh, Terry can set off a, a, an explosion in the ceiling and and drop a bunch of debris on top of the head of the creature, which finally sort of brings it down. He also electrocutes it to try to uh, slow it down. So Terry and Ace are uh, are victorious just barely, and we then at that point cut. Uh, cut back outside to where we see that uh, thankfully because there's a propeller on this floating airship uh, that actually caught 
Mr. Boxer and prevented him from falling to his death. So the bad guy is captured, and uh, as we see, we cut back to Wayne Manor where Bruce is sort of sitting quietly, and then we see the, the clock tower entrance from the Batcave open, and we see Ace run out, and then man and dog are reunited as uh, as we wrap up the episode with a nice little a nice little reunion here. Indeed. Yeah, so I guess we can. Uh, it it's a happy ending after mm-hmm, all. It's a mm-hmm. nice little Disney ending. Everybody's happy. Is. Dog's licking the his owner's face. Mm-hmm. Nice little dog and, and owner hug. Um, so I I went back and forth between giving this a five and a six as far as the plot is concerned. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of goofy. I mean yeah. it's it's good. It's good because I think one of the first questions that you may ask if you're starting Batman Beyond is. Why does Batman have a dog? Why does Bruce have a dog? Mm-hmm. Where did the dog come from? How did he end up with this dog? Um, you know, how old is this dog? You know, stuff like that. How is he so- trained so well? Why doesn't he like Terry? Why doesn't he like any other people? Mm-hmm. Um, so we do get the backstory. It's it's nice that we finally get the origin story of Ace. Yeah. Um, but it is it is an extremely goofy plot <laughs> giant a giant mutant dog steroided up dog is the uh, is the final boss of the See, episode that's, that's our big action piece there's not a lot of action in this otherwise yeah the only yeah the only other action beat is the sort of minor scuffle at the at the apartment mm-hmm. that is had um, but yeah it I mean like I said there are some elements there that play on like children's cartoons where the, they're just missing each other and there's a lost animal mm-hmm. and you're rooting for the animal to get found and the animal's in danger and mm-hmm. all of those elements um but at, at the end of the day the the plot is around a guy that fights dogs and his his master mind plot is to sh- jam chemicals into his dogs mm-hmm. until they're bigger than a house okay all right <laughs> um and and Terry has to defeat the dog, and the the guy doesn't really get like if Ace had mauled this guy to death at mm-hmm. the end of it, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe we would feel a little bit better about it. But just a nice shot of Ace biting through his trachea. Yeah, yeah, just something. Um, but then he wouldn't be Batman's dog, right? right. Batman doesn't kill. Right. Neither do his dogs. Exactly. So, uh, it, yeah, it's sort of a. It, it's a fine ending, but I settled on a five out of ten. It's it's a fine episode. There's some fun in it. Uh, there's some some good moments, but it's it's kind of goofy. It's a kind of goofy mm-hmm. late season two Batman Beyond <laughs> episode. <clears throat> yeah, I went six out of ten, so just one point higher. Um, I yeah, I think I liked it because. We get so few episodes in these in these later ones that focus on Bruce at all. Mm-hmm. Like he's such a background player in these later episodes. We've talked about that a lot when the when the second season started. There was kind of a mandate that we want this to be kind of a you know a, a kid version, but sort of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a WB style show. And that means focus on the kids, focus on the high school. The villains are all you know either either high school students or teachers mostly. So. This has, like, some DNA, I feel like, of an original Batman the Animated Series episode and, like, the type of villain. It's not a mutant. I mean, we do. He does fight a big, weird mutant monster at the end, but it's it's a, it's a just a guy. It's just, like, a scummy guy mm-hmm. who's, uh, you know, who's personally 
harmed, you know, the, you know, Batman's dog or Bruce's dog in this case, mm-hmm. but... Uh, He's basically the sewer king of dogs. Kind of, kind of, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hope not. Dollar in the bad episode Impl- jar, my bad. There's some implications. There. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, so I think I, I think I liked it a little bit more for that reason, just because, one, it focuses a little bit more on Bruce, like we like we already talked about. I, I, I liked the element of Bruce finding him in Crime Alley, I think is a really sweet little, mm-hmm. little bit, of, and, you know, and you sort of represent that Bruce is very alone and and you and then the last shot of the episode when he's when he's sitting in the house by himself again and it's very isolated and then the door opens and Ace runs out I think it's a very sweet sort of ending so you know I I I appreciate it for those reasons like I said I think it's just it's it's a good change of pace as far as just what we generally are used to with these later uh, episodes of Beyond. So, sure. For those reasons, I went a little bit higher. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think part of it also just felt like we were like one one scene away from it being a PSA against dog fighting mm-hmm. rings. You know, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we all hate dog fighting. It's not good. Nobody, nobody in their right mind should support it. Yeah, let's. Let's move past it. Uh, all right, Liam, let's, uh, let's move on to our animation and visuals. Uh, Hillary J. Bader wrote the episode. It was directed by acquaintance of the show, James <laughs> Tucker. And uh, it was a Coco Dong Yang production, co-production. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's talk about visuals. What did, you, uh, what did you like? What did you not like? What stood out for you? Um, let's chat it up. Yeah, I mean, we got, I mean, the again, because there's there's not a ton of action, uh, the, the the big thing is probably the, literally and figuratively, is, is the, the weird dog monster. As you said, there's a little bit of rancor in it, and mm-hmm. it's, got a, it's got a very, like, distressed face. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what it reminds me of? It kind of reminds me, do you remember the Men in Black cartoon that was mm-hmm. on around the same time? Mm-hmm. Feels like something that would have been, I mean, granted, I didn't watch... Yeah, but like maybe the last ten seconds of an episode when it would come on before the new Batman Adventures or something. I wasn't a big, we weren't big, we weren't a big Men in Black family, but uh, you know that it just looks like one of those designs that you would see based on the coloration, based on the way that the eyes are all kind of tiny and beady and uh, the giant exaggerated mouth and teeth and all that stuff. Just looks like it. It almost doesn't fit in this design realm and i i'm sure right. yeah, i i jokingly credit it to a to a glenn Murakami design because he seems to always have it those... looks kind of like the collector from uh from superman the animated series it's all in like the chin and yep. the, like the black the thick black outline around the lips and the jagged teeth and all of that it's very yeah mr Murakami has a very unique style when it comes to coming up with these monstrous looking creatures mm-hmm. as we know so i i have no, if, no, if it wasn't him, he must have had like a pass on it at some point. Absolutely. Like, but uh, yeah, so that's and that fight is like again as brutal as you can have. And as far as Terry's, the suit gets all destroyed, which is kind of fun. You I love see that. like the 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 inner circuitry and all of that is fun. And the di- again the the different types of gadgets that Terry pulls out that he gets to use because he's fighting something that isn't human in this mm-hmm. episode. So. He gets to be a little bit more brutal in his fighting, um, and then there's a uh, there's some fun other uh, smaller visual nods which I can get to in a moment here. But what what uh, 
what stood out for you? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, we already talked about a, a lot of it. Um, you know, I, I I do love the the bat suit getting destroyed. Um, there's there isn't a ton of action, but I do love the the snow that sort of uh, just sort of drives home that scene of Bruce being out in the cold and alone mm-hmm. and on, in Crime Alley, and uh, you know it it very much adds to the the sympathy and empathy that you want to feel towards not only Bruce but the dog who's also mm-hmm. alone by himself mm-hmm. in the cold in this cold dark alley uh, and then the two of them together end up you know going essentially back to to the warmth of of Bruce's car um, so I yeah I, I love that um, you know some of the some of the design choices uh, you know the puppy the puppy version of of ace was uh was absolutely adorable yeah. it was a little a little too cartoony in a couple a places yeah there's definitely some scrappy do in it well he's a dane he's yeah a, he's a dane mix as we learn uh but uh yeah it uh you know, there's i will say that the characters looked a little bit off model from normal everybody looked a lot more angular mm-hmm. um I feel like there's a couple of odd choices. There's a scene, the scene early on where Terry's in the Batmobile and flying throughout the the point of view, the the the, the camera cuts. They keep cutting back to Bruce sitting in front of the the computer screen, mm-hmm. and it's at a weird sort of up and back angle. So he looks very two dimensional. It's very very odd choice mm-hmm. of the way that they they drew them, and then everybody else just sort of looks very angular. Weird perspective, cut to the side. So I don't know if that was in the storyboards or you know based on who storyboarded this. If it was um, something that was you know the artists that were working on it, but everybody looks a little bit off model, which did throw it off a little bit for me in a couple different spots. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think for the most part, I like the final setting of being on on the uh, the mobile. The, the boat like the the the, the ship uh, you know is kind of a cool setting I wish they had gotten a little bit more play on the outside I think it would have been cool if you had the mm-hmm. the arena maybe outdoors and you know you could have played with the water or whatever done something a little bit different but it was fine um, there were a couple of uh, cameos uh, as I we already mentioned we had Gotham Square Gardens uh, the abandoned uh, Square Garden as the uh, as the setting for the original uh, ring, but uh, mm. actually, there was a nice little nod to uh, to the original Batman the Animated Series and then the new Batman Adventures with another setting, uh, just a few scenes earlier, uh, still standing <laughs> after forty plus years or whatever it was at the time. Uh, we had we had a very familiar setting. That's right. So uh, the in the flashback where we see uh, Boxer training Ace and. And uh, and all where he's sort of holed up with all of his other uh, his all, other uh, vicious dogs, it's uh, it's none other than the stacked deck mm-hmm. uh, down on the Gotham docks. So that uh, that place still a uh, a hive of scum and villainy. Some uh, some <laughs> some fifty years later. So I, I appreciated that uh, that little nod as that's uh, that they're apparently still in business. But and then yeah, as as mentioned, when uh, when Bruce is in the alley and he's putting the flowers down, he comes across this uh, this member of the Jokers who uh, is kind of it's kind of a fun double reference as a lot of the the different uh, Jokers gang are based on actual sort of famous clowns of various types. Some of them are based on Joker and Harley, but 
Uh, this one in particular is based on uh, the, the famous opera uh, uh, story, The Clown of uh, Pagliacci, um, which is also kind of a fun double reference, speaking of the Joker, because if you're familiar, there's a very famous scene from the Adam West Batman show where there's a, a performance of that opera going on, and then the clown rips off his mask to reveal uh, none other than Cesar Romero's Joker underneath the mask, so... Uh, that's a that's a pretty fun little double double reference to throw in there with uh, with our our one Joker's uh, member that we see this week. So I appreciated that little nod as well. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> love those little uh, little cameo spots and blink if you miss them. Uh, we know that how much uh, James Tucker, of course, uh, loved loved and was influenced by the uh, the Batman '66. So uh, probably had some sort of hand in that. If I had to if I had to place money on this. Uh, uh, overall, I think most of the design stuff, even if uh, even if it, if it wasn't visually appealing, it's designed to be ugly. I think most most of the action in that final fight scene with the dog and the viciousness of it, and some of the violence that we don't typically get to see because it's this gigantic creature, uh, is done really well. I love the the flow of everything. I love the way that Batman is just kind of constantly throwing different things a rapid movement he's jumping he's flying he's flying up he's kind of bouncing off the walls like you mentioned he grabs his his belt buckle to use he's shooting batarangs um so it's a very fast-paced final like two and a half minutes Mm -hmm. of that fight um that really ramps up the action there and 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 creates a, a pretty fun scene so uh despite maybe feeling like people were off model a little bit and uh they're not being as much action uh, as uh, maybe in a typical Beyond episode, uh, I went with a with a pretty strong seven out of ten. What about you? Yeah, I went just one point higher. I went eight out of ten. I think that that final bit in the uh, in the in the arena is is just really I think over the top. And like I said, some of the the more violent sides of it with the the creature grabbing a hold of Terry and tearing up the suit and. Terry shooting the uh, the grappling hook into its mouth and then sticking it into his belt, which is electrified, and and then uh, dropping the thing and just and just again the look of that creature with like it has this like yellow viscous like snot pouring out of its mouth and nose like it's just a horrifying thing to look at, <laughs> um, which uh, which makes sense for what it's it's supposed to represent here, which is this sort of failed experiment with this uh, the Sarah Stone before. Before Boxer had perfected the uh, the recipe or whatever, so yeah, overall I think it's a, it's a pretty strong uh, ca- uh, episode for visuals. All right, Liam. So moving on to our third category of the day, which of course is music. We had uh, Christopher Carter responsible for this week's music. Um, not gonna lie, not a ton stood out for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we of course are back here with uh, with Batman Beyond. Whose music, you know, looking back at it, we've talked each and every time we've we've covered this, really was a break from the norm. And with as many of the the shows that we've covered and the long gap <laughs> between episodes, it is interesting to then go back to the Beyond soundtrack and hear uh, just how different this is from uh, the original Batman the animated series, and then even into the new Batman Adventures style of music. Um, or the Superman, mm-hmm. <laughs> Superman the animated series style. Uh, it is it is a complete departure. We have heavy heavy guitars, of course, rock and roll, uh, lots of whining, uh, electric guitar solos. Um, 
and I, I that continues in this episode. We get get it almost immediately as as uh, as the scene with Ace in hot pursuit of Boxer in that very first scene is accompanied by uh, a, a, a theme that's somewhat derivative of the Batman Beyond theme. So you mm-hmm. get a, it sort of follows the same path, but isn't quite the same. Um, and then we get uh, we get some more somber, softer music with the flashback and the the, the Ace origin stories. Some more uh, yeah, general. Yeah, we do kind of get an Ace theme in this episode that plays when he and Bruce meet, and then a few more times, and kind of we end the episode with it as well. Yeah, yeah. That uh, the the softer keys and the the, the heavier guitar that come in, uh, especially in that final fight scene between. Terry and the the monster monster dog were the ones that stood out for me. Any uh, anything else besides the the ace theme stick out for you? Not uh, not yeah. Not, I didn't have many other notes other than that that ace theme. Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely the the music in the in the final fight is is kind of which I think what you expect the sort of classic, very fast paced uh, drum drum focused drumming guitar focused. Uh, batman beyond action music and i think that is maybe what made the the ace music stand out to me a little bit more is because it's so it's a lot more softer you just you hear you have like what sounds like a regular piano and then some some synthesizers and things like that brought in as well so that's probably the most unique music that we get out of this one as far as uh, as beyond goes um, I ended up settling on a six out of ten for my uh, for my music score, just because I, like I said, I did appreciate a little bit of a change in in the norm as far as our uh, the uh, the theme that that plays a few times for for Ace and Bruce and 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 kind of the way it bookends the the story with them reuniting at the end. But uh, yeah, otherwise it seemed like pretty kind of a another another night at the office uh, for uh, for our Batman Beyond music. Yeah, it's it's good. I also gave it a six out of ten. Um, nothing nothing really jumped off as being super unique or super memorable. Um, I will say that the the as Bruce places the uh, places the roses down on the ground and then the shift uh, as the as the clown comes up behind him and Ace leaps leaps in to defend him. There's a there's a nice ramp up of of the guitars in that that moment also that really punctuates that scene. So. Uh, yeah, there's some good stuff here. Nothing that I thought felt was was terribly unique or that would stand out from from our our typical Beyond music. But mm-hmm. uh, we do love the uh, the Beyond music as it stands. So some some great great compositions there by Mr. Carter. Absolutely. All right, Liam. Moving on to our final category of the day, it is going to be voice acting. Uh, pretty large cast for an episode that uh, that didn't feature that many different characters. Uh, but uh, I don't know how many memorable names that we'll have here. I'll be interested to see if, uh, if our players here are notable for any other roles outside mm-hmm. of this episode. But uh, let's talk about this week's voice cast. Yeah, some fun kind of minor ones. Uh, we have uh, a uh, one we've talked about a couple times before, Chick Venera, or Venera mm-hmm. as uh, playing the chauffeur in the, uh, in the flashback, Bruce's uh, post-Alfred chauffeur. And, uh, of course, voices Ferret on, on Static Shock. Uh, a couple mm. of times we've covered that character. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, that's that's a fun little bit just because he he's just this cowardly little mm-hmm. guy who's just obviously there for the paycheck. And, right. And his his reacting to uh, to Bruce and, and the whole situation is, is pretty fun. But uh, 
Yeah, elsewhere in the cast, we do have a few uh, notable names here uh, playing. There's a, there's a female cop who arrests a boxer in the flashback, uh, as played by Tasia Valenza, who uh, voices Poison Ivy in the Arkham games. Ah. Uh, does a lot of other voice acting in, in video games like Metal Gear Solid and, uh, and a few others. So fun minor role for her um some of the uh, some of the the hangers on of uh, of mr boxer we have uh, peter honorati who's uh, another one of those character actors we'll see pop up in a lot of like law and orders and stuff but mm. most recently had a recurring role on the swat tv show he plays ozzy and then we have uh jim wise who uh i knew or i recognize as the Jim Coach from uh, Even Stevens, okay. uh, uh, the uh, the the Shia Le- the original Shia LaBeouf uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also in Showgirls and a, and a bunch of other TV and movies. But mm-hmm. uh, he he plays Maddie as well, one of the other hangers on. So a couple of uh, notable guest stars in small roles. And then, uh, of course, if you have any kind of animal that's going to be a central focus in an episode, and you need anything beyond just the stock dog bark sounds that you probably have in the Warner Brothers library. You know Frank Welker's going to get a call and he's going to be doing uh, ace ace noises and uh, and noises for the uh, the uh, the giant mutant bulldog that we see here. The legend animal voice supplier. That's right. He's your go-to uh, if you need him. Uh, if you if there's any sort of animal sounds in a cartoon, it's probably done by Mr. Walker. So <laughs> pretty much uh, a fantastic job. I, I mean, I don't know how, how do you rate it. Like he sounds like a dog. It's mm-hmm. good, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's great, <laughs> excellent. Absolutely. So it's uh, it's fun to always fun to see his name pop up. And then yeah, playing our our main villain of the piece is uh, is a gentleman by the name of Bill Smitrovich. Which was I uh, couldn't really find a lot of notable things. Kind of another another character actor. A lot of you know one episode of this, one episode of that type of uh, actor. You might recognize him if you if you if you see his picture, if you look him up on uh, on IMDb. But uh, playing playing our villain, I think he he might have more dialogue than anybody in this episode, or mm-hmm. or darn near close uh, with uh, with Bruce and Terry. Um, yeah, I mean he comes. He's good as he's he's a little one note, I think, but he is kind of this. Just like a scummy, like New York thug. He's a sleazy, skeezy dogfighter. Right, and, his and name I think boxer. He, yeah, and I think he does his uh, he does his job in that way. Like it's, it is. It's not. A, it's not the most nuanced uh, performance you've ever heard, but it's 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 what what was asked of him. Yeah, yeah, he's fine. Uh, I didn't think there was anything terribly memorable, but it wasn't a bad performance. It wasn't as if they'd brought in a a ringer and uh, and and. Or a, a well-known actor that performed poorly. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah, it's fine. It's passable. Yeah, I'd get it, I'd give it like a like a B. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. And then of course we have uh, Will Friedle as as Batman slash Terry McGinnis slash Wally Wings, <laughs> uh, and uh, and of course the uh, the late Kevin Conroy as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best stuff in the episode is their interactions when they're talking about Ace. Bruce, who's sort of projecting this air of like, you know, Ace is going to be fine, and and you don't have to focus on him. Focus on this criminal that's out on the streets, and and taking down this dog fighting ring. But sort of in in the more private moments when when Terry's not there, it, you can just again, like like we talked about in plot, you can see what what Ace means to him at this point in his life, and and 
what it would mean to him to lose that dog would be, uh, you know, would be almost as, as tough as, as maybe losing Terry at this point to him. Like it's, it's, he, he means so much to him and has helped him through this, this very dark period in his life. So I think, I mean, not surprising. Uh, it's, it's, it's Kevin Conroy. Yep. Um, of course it's good, but yep. uh, I think I, again, I think it's like we talked about in plot. It's just nice that he had a little bit more to do. He's not just there to, to, sh- to, growl some exposition at at uh, at terry as he moves on to the next scene he actually has a you know a pretty big role and is is kind of the emotional core of the episode so i appreciated that yeah you get to see some of um you know despite the fact that he is supposed to be this grumpy old man essentially at this point um you know uh Kevin Conroy's performance does evoke a little bit of emotion and concern. Um, even even if it's when Terry isn't around, you know, when Terry's around, he's putting on this this facade of, well, he's going to, you know, ace is a fighter. He'll take care of himself. But mm-hmm. then uh, when he's alone, he's, you know, he's, where are you, boy? You know, what did he do to you? You know, mm-hmm. you know, as they're, as they're trying to, to discover the uh, the identity of this this uh this person that he was chasing down so uh yeah there's there's definitely more emotion that he has to show in this uh in this particular episode than maybe in a typical uh typical beyond episode i think he shows even more concern for for where ace is uh, than he did where terry was in the prior <laughs> episode that we covered yeah but, uh, that's probably up for debate um all things considered though I, I think everybody does a pretty pretty solid job here i didn't think anything stood out as amazing uh, but I think everybody did a did a good to solid job here. So I ended up with a, a score of 7 out of 10. What about you? Uh, exact same for me. So, yeah, 7 out of 10. I think I think uh, our, our two leads are, are strong this week, and that probably brings the score up a little bit over what was otherwise a pretty uh, average uh, output, I would say, from, from most of our guest stars. But, uh, yeah, our leads bring it up a little bit. There you go. All right, Liam. Well, wrapping things up here, we'll get our final scores for the day, totaling everything up. I end up with a 25 out of 40. What about you? I'm just a couple points higher at a 27 out of 40. Good news is we're above our first scores of 2022. <laughs> so these these scores are indeed higher. Starting out on a higher note. That's sure. right. Absolutely. Maybe this year will be better than the last. Fingers crossed. Uh, but let's <laughs> talk about rewatchability here as far as this uh, this episode is concerned. Ace the Bat Hound's origin story. Yeah. I think it's a must watch. I think I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that one. I think, yeah, I think... Seeing, putting in, if it was just an Ace Gets Lost story, I would probably say it's skippable, but mm-hmm. the fact that we get the uh, the Ace origin and we see the first meeting with Bruce and and everything, yeah, I think that puts a little bit more meat on the bone. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say as far as Beyond episodes are concerned, yes, it's a must, it's a must watch, mm-hmm. uh, even with a goofy giant steroided up dog as your main antagonist at the end there, uh, but it... It, as far as overall DCAU, nah, not all that important, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, so maybe maybe it falls into the one thumb up uh, a- area here if, we're, if we have to give a, th- a thumb or, or two for, uh, for our scores here. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, Liam, well, we'll begin to wrap things up. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for this week. Don't forget, uh, if you would like to support the podcast, we have a myriad of ways to do that, Uh, the first of which is to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app, leave a five-star review on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts if you listen on either of those platforms. 
We'd very much appreciate it if they allow you to leave a, a little blurb about what you like about the podcast. Please do so. We very much appreciate that. That helps with algorithms and moving us up on getting more ears on the podcast and more exposure. Uh, so we very much appreciate that. Um, in addition to that, you can also head over to our anchor.fm slash DCAU review. Uh, there is a link there to directly support us if you wish to donate to that. Um, you can also head over to DCAUreview.com and uh, click on the store tab if you want to pick up a piece of merchandise, a sticker, a mug, or a, a shirt. Uh, you can support us that way also. Another free way to do so is to support us via social media, of course, on Twitter or, or on Instagram at DCAU Review, or head over to the aforementioned Pod Tower, youtube.com slash the Pod Tower, like our videos on there, subscribe to that, uh, that channel, and get some great content not only from us, but uh, check out uh, Tim Talk's entire catalog on there. They've already covered this episode, so you can check out their review of this episode and uh, check out uh, some of the Watchtower database videos as well. I don't think Ted's done a, a Batman Beyond PlayStation game uh, review yet. Uh, stream. I yeah, I don't know if he's done Return of the Joker or not. We'll yeah. have to get him on that yeah. if, if if he hasn't. But uh, all right, Liam, uh, we are continuing here in the very first month of 2023 with our future reviews, and uh, that means, unfortunately, as we've talked about, not a lot of Batman Beyond left. So. Next week is another Zeta week. Are you excited? That's right. Zeta month somehow bled over into our show oh. uh, once again. So we will uh, we will be back as 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 you said in in the world of Zeta in the uh, the the lane of the Zeta project. <laughs> same world. Yes, same somehow. world. As you always as you always remind me when I when I start to say that. But uh, we will be tackling. We're trying to get through this. So we're doing two episodes next week, uh, episodes four and five, uh, Change of Heart, and the next gen, the next couple of chapters in uh, our Zeta uh, our Zeta adventures as he uh, continues to look for his creator. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll uh, find some silver linings in those, uh, in those gray, gray clouds. Are there but 26 episodes of this show there total? There sure are. All right. And so. we've done four so far. So four. All right. There's three so far. All right. So we're going to knock out. Hey, just think about this. If we do two more for the rest of this time, we only have 13, wait, five, 20. We only have 10 more episodes after this. That's where true. We'll have to cover Yep. All so right. the countdown begins. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, cannot wait. It's uh, actually I can. Wait. I can. Yeah. I can wait. But we'll uh, we'll tackle both of those episodes next week. It'll certainly be one to remember. We might have a lot of fun with our review there. So uh, the, those those end up being a lot of fun because we don't have emotional attachment to them, and they're not they're not very good as we yeah. discussed. So, but uh, here we are. We signed up for the DCAU review and. Uh, we can't not cover something that's technically in the DCAU, I guess. So, go figure. Uh, but until next week, I am Cal. And I'm Liam. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Adios. Adios.